You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Church, hallelujah. You sang that song like you meant it. Turn to Acts chapter 11. If you're visiting with us, we've been studying out the book of Acts. And, of course, last week we had our incredible kind of house church service. We had the uh, campus and the singles playing a football match. Uh, I heard the sermon and the preaching and all that stuff was awesome. Uh, And then, of course, we had our marriage encouragement Saturday. Uh, We, we first of all, want to thank all the singles and the campus that served and helped out the marriage to be able to go out on a date right there. Thank you so much. Of course, uh, that following Sunday, we had house church service here at Primrose Hill. And uh, we, we, of course, in the marriage, we just talked about staying holy in holy matrimony. You got to stay holy in holy matrimony. And then we, we, we just dispelled all the lies out there like marriage is there to make you happy. Marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. And all the married say. Amen. And all the singles at campus go, hmm. <laughs> See what I'm saying? But it was an awesome time. And the Lord is with us this morning. Now, uh, I want to open by uh, reminding you that studying the book of Luke, Luke was a doctor. And, of course, he joined Paul in all his missionary journeys. We'll get into that in a little bit here. He writes the book of Luke. uh, And, of course, he writes the book of Acts. In the beginning of Acts, he says uh, he opens by a, a, a term, Theophilus, which means friend of God. And I pray that you're a friend of God this morning. Uh, And so we've gone over uh, quite a bit, and then we come to chapter 11, one of the most powerful uh, shifts in the church, a shift in the movement of God at this time, Uh, and it inspired me just to kind of realize when there were some big shifts in my life. And of course, I had to start thinking about being an 80s child. Any 80s children here? What's your favorite 80s tune? Huey Lewis and the Power of Love? Oh, total eclipse of the heart. That's what needs to happen with the Lord right there. Take on me, uh-huh. Okay, what else? What else? What do we got out there? Say it again. Pride in the name of love. I tried that one with the Lord. It didn't work. Thriller. Oh, my goodness. You can tell I'm an 80s child. Uh, but, you know, I, I got to share my favorite song from the 80s. I got a lot of them, but it's, it's not necessarily 80s, but still kind of 80s, 90s-ish, right around there. I did not know it was a, a, an incredible band where all the cool bands come from the UK. You see what I'm saying? And so at this particular time, maybe you've heard of this song. Remember that one? Hand clap. Hand clap. Hand clap. Yes. Remember that? Oh. Okay, stop. We got to have church. Gosh, get carried away. Woo. What an awesome song. Soul to soul. Keep on moving. Keep on moving. Don't stop. Keep on moving. You know, when, when I, I played that for my son, he looked at me like, Dad, you are stuck in the past. <laughs> and you know, if that's where you're at spiritually, you won't keep on moving. If you are stuck in the past. 
And obviously you can guess what the title of the lesson today is. It's keep on moving. I mean, that's what those first century Christians did. They kept on moving. They did not stop. It didn't matter what happened. Good, bad, persecution out of the church. They kept moving. Persecution in the church. They kept moving. Struggles, problems. They kept on moving. And let me tell you something. If you don't keep moving, you can die. Anybody know what a speleologist is? Didn't think so. Let me explain. A speleologist. This is the individual that has uh, its pr their profession uh, studying out caves. Uh, and if you've ever seen maybe a National Geographic magazine, you see the cool caves and you see all the pretty pictures and you see the people that you go, wow. And you go, the pictures look great, but you don't know a guy almost lost his life just to get you those photos. Uh, and yet there's, this is a true story. I, I was looking at, at some of the different speleologists uh, here in England and a guy di actually died. Uh, he was in a cave. He was, he, was, he was just searching and trying to find artifacts, things he could take back and study. Uh, and he got down in there and, and, he, and he lost his place. He got totally lost. So they sent a rescue mission after him. He's totally lost and he gets tired uh, trying to get it, fi find his way out. And he sits down. And as he sits down, uh, when they did the autopsy on him, because he, he, he dies, but as he sits down, he, he just felt that the autopsy said he got very, very comfortable. And, 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 and of course, by getting so comfortable, then the wind shifted. It got very cold and he literally froze to death. He caught hypothermia and he dies. And, 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 and the, the, the coroner says he would have lived if he would have just kept on moving. We were moments away from saving him. But he stopped moving and he lost his life. You know, spiritually, when you stop moving, you, 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 could, you could die spiritually. When the church stops moving, when a disciple stops moving, when a movement comes to a complete halt and they don't want to evangelize the nations in their generation anymore, one could argue they're dead. But that's not us. We want to keep on moving, right? Let's get on into it, guys. Acts chapter 11, point number one, keep moving God in prayer. We've got to keep moving God in prayer. That, that, that's what we as Christians got to do. We've got to move the heart of God while we're praying. Acts chapter 11, of course, this is a special section of scripture for all of us in here who are not Jewish, uh, because that means salvation has come to us. Uh, this is God shifting the ministry into being able to evangelize those that are Gentiles. And we got different colors of Gentiles in here, different shapes, uh, different sizes, but that gives us great faith because the gospel is for all nations. And it just says, as Peter is explaining his actions about salvation coming to the Gentiles, because the Jews did not associate with the Gentiles. In the Old Testament, the Gentiles were, were, were bad. They were evil. They were wrong. And so Peter has to explain why God has used him years into his Christianity to change his theology. See, he was the most cranking guy, dare we say, as a preacher, and years into his Christianity, arguably being the most committed, preaching one of the most, the greatest sermons of, of the Bible, Acts chapter uh, 2, he's, God still was challenging him to keep moving in his faith, moving in his heart, because Peter was a Jew, so God was moving in his life, prayerfully he's moving in your life, and, and to, to change his theology. And so Peter catches the vision. Of course, the sheet gets let down, all the four-foot animals. God tells him to kill and eat. Of course, not like murder people, but kill the animals right there. 
uh, and, and eat. But, but Peter says, no, I'm a good Jew. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat any impure animals. I'm going to stay committed. And God was trying to change his theology to keep him moving. He gets the vision. He understands that it's meant for salvation to the Gentiles. Then he explains this in verse 15. It says, as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Peter says, as he began to speak, does it say as he began to pray? No, no it says as he began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them. Now, there were two occurrences where there was what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One was for the Jews, Acts chapter 2. The other was for the Gentiles. That's for me and you. Now, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, it came without warning. They weren't praying for it. Sadly, there are churches that teach you can pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is nowhere to be found in the scriptures. Not only does the Holy Spirit come on them in Acts chapter 2, it came without warning. It was a promise, something predicted in the Old Testament. And as it came on them, it came with the ability to speak in other tongues. And tongues are languages. They're not unintelligible languages to some person where you come in and you're confused, you don't know what's going on. They are actually languages. And so that, that happens, and it, the purpose was to usher in the kingdom of God. And so Peter's explained that's what happened with us. Then it happens again for the Gentiles. And everything that happened that happened with the Jews happened with the Gentiles. Peter was there in both cases with the keys to the kingdom, opening the door of salvation for both groups. Pretty cool, right? Yes. And he explains this to them. That, that's what happened to us. That's what happens to them. So it's the same thing. This is God saving the world, ushering in the kingdom of God for all nations. It says in verse 16, then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There it's confirmed. There are many baptisms in the Bible. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It only happened two times. It was a prophecy. It was predicted. It cannot happen again. It is done. It is finished. It already happened. And then there's baptism with water. Cool thing about that one is it's commanded. It's for every generation. And it still happens today. You say, how do you know that? Well, our brother Arunas got baptized last week. He got baptized with water. And he is now a saved, sold out soul for Lithuania right there. But he's got to stay here in London for a while. Amen. And it says, yeah, baptized in water. And in verse 17, it says, so if God gave them the same gifts as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections. Praise God, saying, so then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. And the church said, Amen. this is so incredible that God grants repentance unto life to us Gentiles. Aren't you, aren't you fired up that God moved to save you? That God moved just to give you salvation. Now, if you're a baptized disciple, you're not going to be saved. You're saved now. You're not going to be saved. You are saved right this moment. You're saved. If you're not a disciple, you are not sa you, you're not saved. It's not you're not going to be saved. You're not saved now. That means if an aneurysm hit the back of your neck and, and you died walking out those doors, you, you would be lost and you would not go to heaven. We understand that the love of Christ compels us. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says, because of the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade men. Let me tell you something. The love of God doesn't motivate people to become Christians. In time, it does. It's the fear of God. In my experience, I've seen it's the fear of God. 
If it was the love of God, you wouldn't have what happens going on in America. If it was the love of God, you wouldn't have what, what goes on every Saturday night here in London. A lot of people know God died for them. But nobody, God, there's been no, nothing to persuade them, nothing to put the fear of God in them to help them go, I got I to gotta get right with the Lord. Are you with me here? And so, so, so this is very important as we're moving to build the church. We've got to make sure that we have the fear of the Lord always keeping us from sinning. Amen? Verse 22. It says, news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. What is the evidence of the grace of God? People becoming Christians. A lot of people say, well, I want to see the evidence of the church preaching grace. The church that really understands the grace of God will make disciples in response to the incredible salvation that's been passed on to you. See, God doesn't give you salvation. You're saved to serve. Your worship leads to work. He saves you for a purpose. Not just to, just to sit there. And when he realized that they, 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 they he goes, wow, the God, they, they, Jerusalem sends two incredible preachers up there. They saw the evidence that they didn't get saved and stop moving. They got saved and continued to make disciples. And then, of course, one of our, our, our favorite scriptures we always love to preach. It says in verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people be believed in the Lord and turned to the Lord. Or no, I'm verse 24. Uh, it says he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then in verse 26, it says, when he found Saul, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first, where? At Antioch. Pretty cool, right? So before they were Christians, what were they called? So if you want to know what it means to be saved, to be a follower of Jesus, you don't need to go find out what it means to be a Christian. You need to go find out what it means to be a disciple. Because a disciple equals a Christian equals being saved. This is seven years after the church had been planted. Luke is awesome. Luke says, hey, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Why Antioch? Because that's where Luke was from. He was from Antioch. He says, it really, as they say here in London, it really kicked off in my hometown. It kicked off right there. This is Rome. This is the gospel going from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. I long for the day where people aren't just fired up to go to our great church in L.A. They come to London. They see scores and scores of people becoming disciples, marriages being healed, men becoming real men becoming disciples. I'm talking about men that will stand in the gap for Jesus, who have their souls anchored to the scriptures. I long for that day. I believe I, I think this could be we could be the Antioch guys, but we got to keep on moving. We cannot stop. We got to keep on moving. And I tell you, we got to move God in prayer. We've got to move God in prayer. This is very, very important as we keep moving. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Verse 1. So it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he, saw that, when, when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly 
praying to God for him. The church was praying right here, guys. We've got to move God in prayer. You know, one of the in indicators of, 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 of the evidence of moving God in prayer is when God moves you in prayer. And, and that's the question I have. It's, it's, first of all, are you moving God in prayer? I mean, that's where the church is. They, they, when, when things, they were, they were going to the Lord. All through the book of Acts, they pray. They even had a specific time to pray, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, 3 o'clock because that's when Jesus died. And of course, here they're praying. They're earnestly praying for Peter. And, and, and we've got to be earnestly praying for God to move here in London. It's not going to be by might or power, but by God's spirit. That's how Peter won those, that, 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 the circumcised brothers over. He won them over by, by, number one, he won them over with his vision. He saw the vision of the world being evangelized. He won them over by the, the Holy Spirit. It was the baptism, it was the, Holy, the power of God. That was evident that made the, the, the circumcised believers get excited. And then lastly, he won them over by just straight up preaching the word. Going after and he won them over. Of course, we not understand our vision. We have a crown of thorns UK, right? No, we got a crown of thorns Europe. We got to get all of Europe fired up about the gospel. We got to get them. We got to pray, though. We got to pray. What's interesting here is how things start to take off and get negative. James dies. You say, well, is this James, the brother of Jesus? Absolutely not, because James, the brother of Jesus, we're going to hear from him in Acts chapter 15. This is James, the apostle. This is the guy. Remember the, the, the mom says, hey, I want both of my sons to sit next to you in your glory. In your glory. Not understanding the glory of God is to die. That's the glory. To die. And, 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 then, and then Jesus says, can you drink the cup? And then they go, we can drink the cup. We can drink the cup. Super fire. Yes, we can do it. I mean, I could see Yuri Zykov right there. Bro, I can drink the cup. I, I could see Yami Bello saying, I can drink the cup. I, I could see young Frank, who's now dating right there, saying, I can drink the cup. I could, see, I could see a lot of us saying those words. But the cup was the cup of death. Meaning a true Christian is willing to die. James dies right here. They do bring, drink the cup of death. Both drink the cup right here. It wasn't James that was the only one who died. James died and the other guy is John. What happened to John, you say? John gets boiled to death in a basin of oil. Boiled to death. An audience watched. When he didn't die, they were so moved, they go, Okay, he didn't die. I'm going to become a disciple. And church history says that many people in the Colosseum became Christians. And then what happens to John? He gets sentenced to the islands of Patmos, which is like a prison. It was kind of like Australia. Just sent all the criminals to, 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 to Australia. But we love Australia, though, amen? But John gets sentenced to the prisons, sentenced to, to, to the islands of Patmos. While he's in the islands of Patmos, after being boiled to death, he lives in a cave about five foot Paul, which you can actually go and see to this day, he pins the book of Revelation, no spell check, okay, no Google Translate, he pins the book of Revelation under the most severe pain in his life, he kept moving, and don't tell me you can't do awesome things for God after you've been through challenges in life, that's what John did, he drank the cup, James, James they both drank the cup, they kept, because they kept moving. 
They kept moving. You got to keep moving to fulfill God's will. You got to keep moving to fulfill God's will. That's the other thing I draw out of this, this scripture, Acts chapter 12. Why did James die? Well, James died, but what's interesting is, yes, he dies, and he's one of the top guys, but what's cool, what's interesting is Peter goes to jail, and then they pray for him. We just read it, and then the Bible just says, the angel comes, if, if you read the whole account, the angel comes to Peter and slaps him. You need that sometimes. Married brothers, you need your angel, your wife, to just slap you sometimes. You know, we, we, we need that. We, blows and wounds do cleanse away evil, the Bible says. But the angel wakes Peter up because the church is praying. And, and then he gets away. And it says in verse 11 of chapter 12, then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. You know what? I, I read this. Why did James die? Why did Peter die? Not die. One could argue, I mean, if you're, there you go. God is sovereign. It's a very interesting thing here. It's like, okay, why didn't God intervene and stop James from dying? But he died. God stopped Peter <laughs> from dying. And, and, and he continued to live. Why? Because Peter had not fulfilled the purposes of God yet. If you're still living, it's because you have not fulfilled the purposes of God yet. That's why you're alive. Because you have not fulfilled. Do you know the purposes of God Almighty? Do you know what purpose God has for you? Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. It says the things revealed is for us. The things that are not revealed, they belong to the Lord. The longer you seek God. That, that scripture teaches that God has secrets. The will for your life is a secret. It's a secret. You're not going to know the will just because you give up because you stop. Okay, I guess I didn't, she doesn't like me anymore. You, your lip keeps moving. Ain't so sad. They want to quit. You're not going to know the will of God just because we went through some suffering in our former fellowship and somebody discipled you. They were a little too tough on you. You know, I'm so glad people were tough on me. You're not going to know the will. God's got secrets. And the, the more you seek him, the more you find it, the more he reveals to you. The longer you seek him, the more. If God would have told me back in Portland, Oregon, when I was listening to Soul to Soul and all the things that were going on that you're going to, someday you're going to own a home. I'm going to show you this really pretty girl. You're going to marry her? Really? Ooh. I may have been fired up about that part. That's Michelle. But you're also going to have to Give up that home. You're going to have to give up everything. You're going to have to leave your family. You're going to have to go to another country. You're going to have to live in a dodgy little one bedroom in Camden Town for the first year. It was a little dodgy. Cigarette smoke coming on in through the doors. It was whoo. Everybody remembers those days, but we were fired up, weren't we? Up in that little apartment, we were just going for it, doing something for God. God would have told me all that, I would, I would have said, well, no, uh, that's God's will for my life. See what I mean? You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. 
to fulfill God's will. Now, we know what the Bible says. The Bible says God desires for all men to be saved. Is God's will your will? Is God's will your will? You're not going to find out if you quit. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving to fulfill God's will. God allowed Peter to live because God is sovereign. He wasn't done with him. God is a sovereign God. That means everything in life that happens, God causes it or he allows it. He causes it or he allows it. I love verse 23. It says this. It says, immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down. And he was eaten by worms and he died. Woo. I guess we better give praise to God. Of course, there are many Herods in the Bible. This is a... Uh, this Herod right here, this was Herod Agrippa I. Uh, he's the grandson of the Herod during the time of Jesus and John the Baptist. That Herod is the guy that, of course, beheaded John the Baptist and was there at the, uh, the persecution of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is Herod Agrippa. Um, th th this, you know, the Herod during the time of Jesus is the guy that was quite, quite evil. He was known for just murdering his brothers and sisters. He murdered his wife. But before uh, he, he died, he had a son, and that's this guy here. Um, and so it, it's very interesting. He doesn't give praise to God. He doesn't give glory to God, and, and he gets taken out. Um, we, we've got to make sure we glorify God. It is all about God. It is all about God. And right here, this guy gets taken out because he doesn't give glory. You know, you know what gives God glory? Souls. It's, it glorifies God when people are... There's, the Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Right? That's not just us repenting here or deciding to repent. Repenting is actually not in the Bible. See, you re repenting is actually enjoying your sin for a little bit longer. I'm repenting. I'm in the, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm transitioning out of sin. No, you're enjoying it for a while longer. There's no process. You've got to just decide, I want to be an evangelist. Show me. I want to get married. Help me. I want to go on a mission team. Help me. I, I, is it God's will? We just got to decide and move forward and keep on moving. But we got to know that it's all for the glory of God. Chapter 13. You guys still with me here? Let me give you the challenge from chapter 12. It's called the 5,000 challenge. You guys remember that one? 5,000 is next week. We're going to share with 5,000 people minimum. Are we, are we going to keep moving? Okay. Don't stop on me. Now, we, we've broken that down. How many is that per individual per member? That's 10 people a day. That's easy. But let me tell you something. Last time we did it, oh boy, that surfaced some hearts. There's some things that start coming out of the heart. My own heart, I was like, oh yeah, I did awesome today, did awesome yesterday. Man, today, I don't want to keep on moving. I want to be a spiritual speleologist, sit down in my cave and feel the comfort of ESPN. Dun, 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 dun. Dang, I'm in sin. Let me go share my faith. We got 10 a day. 10 a day. That's easy. You remember what happened when the Holy Spirit came on the church? And we were sharing all these people coming out. Where you come out of tube and there's disciples and we got We got to. 5,000 challenge. We got the flyers. Let's go after it, guys. Okay? Amen? 
chapter 13. Check this one out. It says, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, who, who, that, that name means son of encouragement. Simon called Niger. That's a black guy. It's kind of cool that black people can be at church. <laughs> Lucius of Cyrene. <laughs> uh, Manan, uh, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That's, again, that's the guy that killed uh, John the Baptist and Jesus. I mean, this is a guy who witnessed one of the most evil things happen to the guy that came before Jesus and who witnessed Jesus, and yet he became a disciple. Pretty cool, huh? Don't think that everyone who's not a disciple, who doesn't, who, people's hearts are being moved by the evil that's in this world. People's hearts are being moved. Uh, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. John was with them as their helper. And we stop right there. This is so awesome. I mean, the Bible says they're sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I, I how did, what, was there an audible voice say, hey, I'm the Holy Spirit, you need to go, you know? How were they sent on their way? Well, preceding that, Luke writes that there were prophets and teachers. So how does the Holy Spirit work? It works through the prophets and the teachers. And the word prophet doesn't mean somebody predicting a few. We're talking about a preacher. Prophecy has two meanings in the Bible, foretelling and foretelling. Right here we're talking about foretelling. So the Holy Spirit works through the, the man of God putting forth the truth plainly and preaching the word. That, that's, that's awesome. And then they had this cranking mission team. It's, it's Paul and Barnabas, and they got one intern, <laughs> John Mark. And they don't go, well, hey, where's the wives? Where's the, where's the money? Where's, we don't, we, hold on, we don't, we don't, where's the map? I haven't been trained. You need to train, I need, what's, I need all my tools, all my stuff. No, they just keep on moving. And they go and they preach the word. Just gives us, just a, changes my faith. Shows me how wimpy I am. Uh, and my, my, my thinking about what we've got to do right here. The Holy Spirit has called us. You know, if you're here, it's, it's the Holy Spirit has blown you on in here. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit that's got you leading the Bible talk. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving in these areas. It's God's Holy Spirit trying to proclaim his name. Check this one out. This is interesting. Verse 6, it says, they traveled through the whole land until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus. You know what that Bar-Jesus means? It means son of Jesus. Luke is like, I'm not putting that in there. I'm not calling this phony a son of Jesus. This guy's not a disciple. And when Luke wrote this account, he did not put son of Jesus, bar Jesus. <laughs> it says, who's an attendant of the, pro, of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. The Bible's so hilarious. It says the, the proconsul is intelligent, but he's paying this sorcerer to tell him some things about the Lord. How intelligent was he? Not very. Not very. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 9. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus. He said, you are a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of trickery, all kinds of deceit and trickery. Obama, will you never stop perverting the... I'm sorry. Sorry about that. That was a mistake. 
Freudian slip. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind. And for a time, you'll be unable to see the light of immediately mist and darkness came over him. He groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what happened, he believed for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. And the church said, Amen. don't tell me the proconsul wasn't scared himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude. Okay. Yeah. What the, what's your church? How, how do you get, how do you become a member? <laughs> and the proconsul gets saved. Um, I got to address something. This guy named Bar-Jesus, which means son of Jesus. Um, that, that's a phony. He's not a son of Jesus. So as we keep moving, one of the things that we all have to be on guard from is becoming Bar-Jesus. A phony. A phony. Pretenders, not contenders. The bar How do you spot Bar-Jesus? Let me give you a few things that I've learned in the ministry. First of all, Bar-Jesus frequently misses churches. Bar-Jesus didn't come around all the time. He's the Lone Ranger Christian. You guys remember that TV show, The Lone Ranger? Yeah, a long time ago, wasn't it? I'm still stuck in the past. I need to keep moving. Lone Ranger, this was the guy. He rode his horse. He was by himself. He Actually, he wasn't by himself. He actually had, a, he had Tonto. That's right. Yeah, he had Tonto. But, but, but the Lone Ranger is the person who's just off by themselves. They, 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 don't, they don't see the need to be connected to the church. They miss, that's why they miss church often. They don't see they need it. Number two, Bar-Jesus is this, this kind of individual. They crank at making excuses. And they tank, they do bad at making disciples. You know, Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples of all. It doesn't say, go and make excuses. Doesn't say that. But I tell you, that false disciple is awesome. I mean, I've, I've heard disciples come up with some awesome, compelling, well thought out, written out, powerful, insightful, deep excuses. I'm like, I don't even have a comeback. That's an awesome excuse. You've got faith in your excuse. You believe in your excuse. You it's, it works for you. But they will not work for the Lord. We cannot crank at making excuses. We can't. Bro, can you serve right now? No, I, I can't. Can just two hours? Well, uh, for the next two hours, I'm letting my food digest. I can't serve. Very important. Let that food digest. Sis, can you can can you can you serve? Can you babysit? Can you babysit? Can you serve in kids' class? Can you? Oh, I'm busy. What are you doing? I'm hanging out with my friend. What's her name? Comfort Zone. Yeah, me and Comfort Zone. We're hanging out. Um, sorry, we're at Cafe Uncommitted right now. Um, having our cup of pride. Is it, is it hot? No, it's lukewarm, actually. You should try some. Nah, 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 nah. Don't want any. Don't want any. You know, we had some singles in campus that served for the, for the marrieds, and that was so... Those singles in campus were awesome. They were so good-hearted. You are to be commended for your commitment. 
But you know, sadly, just we got to, as a family, we got to talk. There were several singles, several campus that were too busy, too, they had doing all kinds of other stuff, can't serve. Can't serve. And it, and it hurt the faith of some disciples. Some disciples, they weren't, they weren't down. They just, it just, wow, they felt down a little bit. We cannot do that. That's being a non-true disciple. Bar Jesus doesn't sacrifice. Oh, no, they do not give. They want the church to give to them. They come to church to get, not to give. And so they don't sacrifice. Bar Jesus has relationship restrictions. There's some, there's, some, there's some restrictions right here. And so you usually can see a bar Jesus because it's the brother who's got awesome relationships with women, but he has terrible relationships with brothers. It's the sister that's got awesome relationships with the brothers. She's got terrible relationships with the other sisters. It's the brother who will allow all the sisters to be over him and correct him and teach. But you won't let another brother be over you and correct him and teach. you got relationship restrictions right there. You just put some walls right there and you say, oh, I don't trust. You know what, you know what that means? When you say you don't trust, actually, you don't forgive. Because when you say you don't trust, it sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? I've been through some things. I don't, I don't trust. But when you say, I don't forgive, you don't even have to be a Christian and go, wow. Ooh, you're in, woo. Forgive, isn't, aren't, that, you need to forgive. That's the issue right there. We, we, we can't have relationship restrictions. We've got to have. De- I'm not saying brothers shouldn't be close to sisters. Of course we need to be close to sisters. But you've got to have more relationships. What's kept me moving is having men in my life correcting me and telling me things I did not like to hear to help me get to heaven. Are you with me here? We can't put restrictions. Now, I tell you, Bar Jesus is constant friction with leadership. Consistent. You know, there's one thing that's consistent about the person that's not living like a disciple. They consistently have problems with the leadership. You know what? The leadership is full of problems. Because we're humans. Guess what else is full of problems? The church. You know why? Because you're in it. (laughs) We're a bunch of problems. Did you know that when a snowflake is created, it's created from one piece of dirt? A snowflake, you take a, a piece of dust falls from the sky and uh, ice particles attach to it and it becomes a snowflake. That's God saying you're all dirt, okay? I make you a little snowflake. So we're all, we all get problems. We just have to put our faith in the Lord and trust and really get behind the leadership who's doing the best they can. But our Jesus has got problems with leadership. Mm. Got problems. Consistent friction right there. Discord, gossip. They do not walk in the light. You don't know what's going on in their life. And they blow up, persecute, or disappear when they're confronted. Don't be bar Jesus. Be a true son of Jesus. Be a true disciple of Jesus. And let us not pervert the gospel. Let's keep on moving. Amen? Okay, let's keep it going. Let's try to bring it in for a close here. Bring it in for a close. Okay, after this guy, Limus, tanks right there, uh, he gets taken out. It says, verse 13, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Uh-oh. John Mark was in the ministry. But something happened, and he left them. Now, 
if you look at a map and you look at where they went, they went to the coastline, then they went up a huge hill. I don't know. John Mark was used to being comfortable. I don't know if it was the, the, the long, strenuous uphill battle that made him go, no, I'm going back home. I don't know if it was all the challenges that made us say, I'm going back home. I don't know if it was the shift in leadership, because if you notice through the book of Acts right here, the, sh the leadership is shifting from Barnabas, which was his cousin, to Paul being the new leader. See, leadership changes can make you give up. A leadership changes can make you stop moving. When you see a leader, new, oh, wait a minute, hold on. And, and, and you're, it, can, it can hurt you right there, but we see leadership changes as God moving to really build up the church and, and, and move things on out right here. And so we don't, the Bible is silent, but the Bible does communicate that Paul says that he, 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 he deserted them in the work. That's what Paul says. He says he, he quit. He made a mistake. But then Paul says, you know what, later on he came back and he was awesome, and I actually wanted him back in the ministry with me, and it was awesome. What do we learn right here? John Mark made a mistake. You got to keep it. This is the next point. You got to keep moving past your mistakes. You got to keep moving even though you make mistakes. You know, General Motors is, a, is an automobile company in America, uh, and they, they made a car called the Chevy Nova, and they sent it to South America. Uh, but they neglected to notice that in Spanish, Nova means no go. Needless to say, they didn't sell too many cars over there. It's a pretty decent mistake. Uh, the National Dairy Association as well. Uh, they had great success, uh, of course, in, in, in the U.S. with the whole slogan, Got Milk. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, but when they took the campaign to Mexico, uh, they were informed that their Spanish translation read, Are you lactating? Yeah, that hurt the campaign. Coca-Cola... They introduce in China their attempts at finding a phonetic equivalent to, uh, the, to the, when, when, they, when they were introduced in China, they tried to find a, a phonetic equivalent uh, in the Chinese language, which resulted in the drink being called Bite the Wax Tadpole. That's, that'll hurt your sales. Uh, Pepsi didn't do as well either. When they went to China in their advertising, they had a slogan that was come alive with, Pep with the Pepsi generation. Uh, but when the slogan was translated, it actually read, Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave. Can I have a six pack? <laughs> give, me a, give me that. Woo! You know what? We all make mistakes. Don't we? Don't we all mess up? We all make mistakes. I love my wife. When, when I make a mistake, she forgives me. When she makes a mistake, she forgives me. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's how it works, Mary Brothers. It's just how it works. And some of you haven't figured that out yet, but figure it out. Thomas Edison, 10,000 tries at making a light bulb. They came to him and said, you failed 10,000 times. He says, no, I found 10,000 reasons, 10,000 ways it cannot be made. And then he finally did it because he failed forward. John made a mistake right here. He, he, he made a mistake. But you know what? Failure is not final. You know what Satan says? You failed in your marriage. You're, you're, you can't be a good husband. You can't be a dad. You can't be done, let alone be a Christian where all these holy people are. And Satan whispers. Satan says you're too old to do anything. Your best years are behind you. Let me tell you something. Your best years are ahead of you. Because we're all going to heaven. 
And those are our best years. When we all get to heaven. Are you with me here? Failure is not final. Don't you believe that? Don't believe it. I, I failed. Here's the reason why I'm the evangelist of, of the London International Christian Church. Pride, lust, arrogance, mistakes every week, undisciplined, struggling, figuring it out. Then I go, world sector leader. They, they raise, oh, my goodness. The fear of God came on me when he said, world, not me. I'm so full of mistakes. I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up. I've been terrible in the singles as a, as a leader. I got into sexual immorality as a, as, a, as a leader. Almost fell away from God. As a Christian, you know, a lot of people talk about stuff you did before you were a Christian. As a disciple, I did that. Almost fell away from God. Our former fellowship, all my heroes left. And I, and I, and I lost, and, and one thing got damaged that scared me. And you know what it was? My faith. I remember going up to Kip and Elena. He was my, and they came. And I said, Kip, my faith is hurt. My faith, my faith is hurt. Everything else I, I could do, but not my faith in God. My faith had been injured. And Kip said, bro, we're going to make it. That's it. That's all he said. That's all I needed. That's it. I got my faith in God back. Failure is not final. This is what fires me up when I see our brother Ashley Ajay. He goes through some challenges, leaves the Lord, but he comes back on home right there. Awesome. what fires me up about our sister Stephanie she, she goes through some sins she gets herself into trouble but she comes back to the Lord I saw a member uh, that, that was so so dear to me Jonathan remember our Italian brother. I saw him and he came and he had his head down and he thought I was going to be down I said bro come and give me a hug he gave me a big yeah, grazie right there. we had a little Italian thing right there he's coming back be praying for Jonathan come back and join us right there failure is not final not final. We got to keep on moving past our mistakes. Chapter 14, on, verse 1 says that at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual in a Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively. A great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews refused to believe, stirred up Gentiles, and a poison their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent a considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. We've got to keep moving through personal Bible study. We've got to make sure we're studying our Bibles, guys. This is, right here, is the Holy Spirit adds the word effective. This is the reason why we do the first principles. So you can be effective at winning souls. I've just communicated everyone in first principles. When you come out of first principles, you come out of there being more equipped than 95% of the individuals who right now are leading churches. I'm not talking about in our movement. That are not in our movie. But that's what God is equipping you with. And it shocks me. Some of the disciples are coming up to me in tears going, whoa, this is amazing. They just want to be effective at winning souls. You, you got to be effective. You say, what do you mean? Well, some, sometimes you may need to learn that you got to just lay it out. Quit being so nice. 
other times you got to learn and you got to stop laying it on out and start loving people on out. There's all kinds of ways to win people. It isn't always laying them out. It isn't always loving them out. But we always teach that we are an army and we are a family. You need to have both. That's brother and sister. Are you with me here? But this is the reason why we, we, we do first principles, to be effective. It's not just to inspire you and have some great jokes and classes. It's so that you guys are ready to go to all the countries that we're talking about and build God's church so that we can be effective right there. In chapter 15, in verse 19, this is the Jerusalem Council, 20 years into the movement. The Bible says that James, the brother of Jesus, comes forward and solidifies things as the one man leader. He says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. In this particular verse, it highlights that one man made a decision. He said, it is my judgment. Not only do we got to be effective, we got to be behind one man leadership. Now, that one man, if he's any, if he's. If he's a godly man, he'll do like Peter. Every time Peter had to make a decision, he's, guys, go out of the room. Let me, I'm the leader. Let me tell you what I'm going to find out a decision. He went and he's, he's praying to God. And he came on out and he had people around him. Now, we, we, we believe you, you better have people around you. And I'm so glad the men that God has put around me, all the different brothers. I'm so glad that Anthony's came. So awesome. Another sold out disciple is going to be able to help me and encourage me. And, 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 and we're going to be able to help each other. It's going to be awesome. But at the end of the day, just you even need one man just to do a marriage. Somebody's got to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kebab sandwich or McDonald's. <laughs> See, the division already started. Some neither. I heard it. I already heard it. I already heard it. I can kind of agree. You know how McDonald's is. It goes in, you're loving it. it comes out, you're hating it. Somebody's got to decide. We're going somewhere. Not because they're better, but because we got to keep on moving and not get stagnant and stuck in our opinions and understand the most important thing is that everyone hears the gospel message and people get saved. Okay, let's bring it for a close. Chapter 16. Yeah, I got to go back and hit one one quick little insight. Back to chapter 14. Maybe we close it there. In chapter 14, verse 19, it says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. Remember, they won a bunch of people? But then these guys come and they, they, they get people to start leaving the church. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples gathered around him, he took off because obviously it was too dangerous. That's the book of second opinions, right? It says he got up and went back into the city for a year, for a week. No, the next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. You go, what? Okay, why? What, what? Hold on. Why would he get up after they stone him and take him out and then go back into the city like the Terminator? You know, do, 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 do. I'll be back. Because Paul wanted to keep on moving through suffering. 
This was just a point. He didn't go back to preach. He just wanted to go. Couldn't take me out. Here I am. Now I'm going to leave tomorrow before you guys kill me, guys. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. But I'm leaving. I don't want to die. But he was just making a point. I'm tough. There's one thing that we got to be as, as Christians. We got to be tough, guys. Do you know Satan is on the move? Do you realize how do you? I, I don't know if we really we, we say that, but I don't think I don't know if we realize how much Satan is moving. I, I read this. I, I just went. I, I got to read this to the church. Um, well, let me just quote it for time's sake. Uh, do, do, did you know that? Of course, we got homosexuality approved in America. That 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 is just it's just sad. it makes me go. It, it, it made me sad. But then I thought about it. I go, what am I shocked that the world be in the world for? It's the world. And we shouldn't be shocked when the world is the world. The world is the world. The world is run by the devil. We shouldn't be shocked. Really, we should be going, yeah, that makes sense. But Satan has is keep, he, he's kept on moving. Do you know that two weeks ago in Cambridge, you know what the professor, at a conference, you know what the professor at Cambridge said? Men, it is natural and normal for men to be sexually attracted to children. It is normal. He's a professor at one of the most prestigious universities in the world. There was another professor from Japan that got up and, 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 and echoed the same things. But he said, yeah, pedophile, pedophiles and hebophiles. Now they've got a new word. They just keep hebophiles. People, kids, adults who love kids. I want to be physically and sexually in, in, intimate with them. Hebophiles. They... they they, 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 they are being demonized, and we should not be so demonic and demon. Yeah, demonic, literally is what they're being. But we should not be so down on this. And they introduced this new word, minority. You can go look it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. I remember going, what are we going to do after? I remember being younger and going, wow, homosexuality, uh, it, it's just a sin like everything else. But if we accept it. What's next? Are we going to start accepting children? And I remember saying that as a, as a statement to make a point. Satan's like, oh, no, I'm not making a point. I want to keep on moving. Do you know the darkness of the devil and the things that are spewing out of the pit of hell will keep on moving and getting more and more and more twisted and dark? Satan is on the move. If you don't be careful, he's on the move to get you. And this is the reason we come together here to make sure that our faith is rooted in the Bible. Paul, Paul, Paul was tough, and he kept on moving, even through suffering, which is what we got to do. Keep moving through suffering. And lastly, chapter 16, verse 1, says he came to Derby, Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, whose father was Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. He wanted to take him along for the journey, so he circumcised them. Because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew his father was Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Amen. Amen. Woo! We just got to keep on moving numerically. We got to keep moving numerically. Wouldn't it? Isn't it? Not wouldn't it. Isn't it going to be great? When we're having daily additions. Yes. 
when seven people are standing here to get baptized, when there's a baptism Monday, baptism Tuesday, baptism Wednesday, baptism Thursday. Now, we've had some additions, and it's awesome. But we've got to keep moving. And to do this, a lot of you got to to go, listen, I'm going to roll my sleeves on up. I don't need to be a Bible talk leader. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I can make a disciple. Can you imagine if we all just made one disciple from now to the end of the year? Just one. I want to put that on your heart. For you personally, just to make one disciple, just to convert one person. You go, well, I'm not a disciple. Then get baptized and you did it. You can be your own answer to a prayer. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But I want to persuade you, church. We got to keep growing. We got to get to Lithuania. We got to get to Germany. We got to get to all of Europe. God's people are not only... In the church, God's people are waiting for us to bring the church to them. Yes. Let's keep on moving. Don't stop. To God be the glory. Uh, church, let's all rise and sing uh, 392 to Canaan's land. Let's keep moving on, on our way. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way where the soul of We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N church and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one